0: Hey everyone, welcome to the industry show. I'm your host, Nitin Pajaj, and joining me today is Mayank Shekhar. Mayank, welcome on the show.
1: Thank you so much uh, for having me, Nitin. It was a pleasure.
0: Pleasure is all ours. So let's get started with who is Mayank?
1: Oh, wow. That would be a tough one to answer for anyone, right? If you ask them exactly who they were. And most of the times, in any case, uh, self perception is an exaggeration. Um, you know, we have a very high self-worth usually about who we are, what we do, etc. So uh, so I'm going to go with uh, maybe on the professional side, because one gets asked this question or has been asked this question over many years. I used to say earlier, when I was much younger, I used to say, I, you know, basically what I do for a living is uh, sound really serious and intelligent about very stupid things, you know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that, that went on for a very long while. And of course, Uh, then social media uh, came about and there you have to list your bio. So I've stuck with, uh, because again, it needs to somehow reflect uh, your profession. Uh, Like say, even on Instagram, I've probably stuck with uh, podcaster, broadcaster, writer, and chiller. Uh, But it has to be necessarily in the reverse order because a lot of what I do actually comes under the ambit of chilling for a lot of people. So, you know, you could be watching a movie, but that's, in a sense my job not watching a movie of course but writing about it thereafter I could be reading a book and really enjoying it and then writing about that I could be having a conversation with someone which is a deeply enjoyable conversation sometimes even over a drink and that becomes a television show or that becomes a podcast or it becomes a piece I write thereafter so uh, I think I'll go with uh, I try and have fun with what I do and I've tried to turn that into a profession so chiller uh, is if I had to describe myself in one word it would be chiller yes
0: and that's an enviable life, I should say.
1: <laughs> well, it's still a job, so don't get me wrong. I'm trying to make it sound great. But, you know, at the end of the day, work is work. Uh, so even while I chill technically uh, for a living, it's still, it's still trying to make a living, though.
0: True, but I think in a lot of ways, you have your priorities right. right? You're trying to have fun and you're trying to see how to make a living out of that.
1: <laughs> that's how it really worked out. I think it, it's probably from a very young age. I've had a very, very low threshold level for boredom so anything that i've not enjoyed i've had to like sort of remove that somehow or the other for my life and then you know what at the end of the day that i just got left with all those things that i enjoy i try to make a profession out of it
0: (laughs) i think that's the the best way to live life so i know i know you do a lot you've achieved a lot and you continue to break new thresholds tell us what do you do for a living other than obviously chilling
1: well uh I mean, as I said, uh, Nathan. I mean, to define in terms of what I do from an industry point of view, uh, Mm -hmm. of course, I work in the media industry. uh, And media industry, as you would know, uh, across the world, but more so in India over the past few years, is turning more and more into a gig economy. So I would be like a, like a person who belongs to the gig economy where I do various things and somehow those are the gigs that I get, uh, and I make a living out of it. So, uh, in terms of writing, I write a weekly column, uh, which is MS word on midday. I would write a lot of freelance stuff, which are profiles and interviews, which could be in magazines and various other publications. I'm an entertainment head with the newspaper midday, uh, back here in Bombay. Uh, then uh, from, uh, from a visual point of view, I do, uh, and of course, uh, you know, there's also podcasts uh, that I do for Midday. There are two podcasts. Actually, mm-hmm. one is a video podcast called Sit With Hitlist. The other is an audio podcast that we recently started called uh, uh, The Bombay Film Story. From a visual point of view, I am, you know, I get onto the morning show on ABP News. Uh, that's a television network here uh, in, in India. Uh, it's in Hindi. And then uh, I also uh, get on to ABP Uncut uh, for a commentary show. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much at any point in uh, time and day, whether I'm reading or watching, I am actually working. Uh, and so, you know, it sort of combines itself in various ways uh, uh, across various platforms.
0: How many hours do you have in your day?
1: Well, it depends. Uh, when, does it, when does it stop? You know what I mean? <laughs> and when does it begin? The flip side of a job... Like this is that at any point in time when you're watching something, you're talking to someone, you are technically working. And yes. depending on what you saw, what you heard, what you said, sometimes it turns into a column you wrote. Uh, it turns into a, a question you ask someone. So yeah, uh, great. It's it's a lot of fun, but it has like absolutely zero work-life balance. You don't know where the work starts and where the life ends, uh, or the or, or vice versa.
0: You know, I was just uh, reading a book uh, that said. Work-life balance is for, you know, use some kind of an expletive there. Uh, that If you enjoy what you do, you don't need balance, right? That's, that's not needed. So that kind of reminded me of what you just said, that uh, you're letting curiosity, you're letting your questions define the next set of things that you pick up and, and kind of get deeper into and, and create something out of it, right? That's the best part. Uh, those conversations lead to things that you just create out of that one word or one sentence or one evening. So that's the most beautiful thing.
1: Absolutely. And I think, uh, which is true for most uh, uh, nonfiction writers, for sure, is that uh, the world, in its sense, uh, is your content? That's really where you're deriving most of your thoughts from, uh, and it's it's got to be the real world too. And so much of my journalism involves actually being out there, and and that aspect of journalism that we have not touched upon is like I I would you know we be out and covering the general elections too, but yeah. see it from a cultural point of view. I you know so uh, of course meet someone uh, uh, you know who is from a field totally separate from what. Is my core beat, which is uh, which is popular culture or cinema, as it were, and then that that turns into into a, a, pro, a you know either a profile or an opinion piece. So in that sense, I think at any point in time, uh, I am learning and and I'm not just not just of course inhaling, but but using that somehow to also exhale into what becomes uh, you know craft or art or or an opinion piece uh, or what have you,
0: or a masterpiece. <laughs>
1: Uh, well, I will leave that for someone else to decide. I mean, I already told you that there's a lot of self delusion in in all that we do, (laughs) you know what I mean? Uh, So not indulging that for sure right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So give us a sense of the size and scale, you know, we can uh, talk about, you touched upon several different things. Uh, So just give us a sense of the reach of, you know, the readers, the listeners, uh, the lives you are touching on a day to day basis.
1: Well, good question. That's an area that I haven't really uh, thought too much about uh, because the hope is that if the material that you put out is good enough, it will eventually find its consumer because internet allows that. It's there somewhere. It's lying somewhere. So uh, I, I'm, I don't obsess too much over uh, how many people it reached as long as I worked hard enough for it to be the final fish, finished product of what I wanted to say, how I wanted to say it, Uh, A platform-wise, the newspaper that I'm employed with, which is Midday, uh, you know, it is essentially a Bombay-based paper and, you know, its focus is on the city itself. It's a very strong uh, city paper with a very long heritage and, you know, 40-plus years Mm -hmm. is considered long heritage now in in the world of media we live in. Uh, It's roughly as old as I am. Uh, in that sense, and you know, feels as old as I am too. It's a, it's you know, it feels very young as a newspaper. And while it's only in one city, it ranks among the top ten newspapers in in India. And of course, the moment I get onto a platforms like say, an ABP News, which is in Hindi, I mean, it's practically going to the Hindi heartland, and it's you know, it's it's having its own reach, which is which, as you would know by by the scale of India's. Population, especially the scale of North India's population, which is where the Hindi channels uh, go. I mean, it, it can go really nutsy in terms of the reach. Uh, but I don't think reach is my main goal. Uh, I think uh, now, uh, because everything stays, I think longevity of what you put out, uh, or at least uh, the the fact of you being satisfied with what you being what you put out, or you being honest about what you what you said, what you felt, uh, is is of course the larger goal.
0: True. Very well said. And, uh, you know, I think one thing we don't realize outside of India is just the sheer numbers, right? Even though Midday is a city-based paper and uh, being a former reader of, uh, of that publication, I know we are talking millions, right? Yeah, yeah uh, absolutely. Not, a city doesn't mean, you know, a few hundred or a few thousand. We are still talking in the millions. Uh, so I just wanted to provide that perspective for our audience. Uh, In terms of, you know, you touch upon so many different aspects of life through different forms of media. Is there a particular big challenge that uh, you're facing or or you're, you know, hoping to address?
1: Well, I think, uh, and I'm presuming anybody who's dealt with media, either as an entrepreneur or uh, as as a content creator or a sales or a marketing person would, would would agree with me that it's become hugely diversified completely diffused uh and at some level every individual is a media company of his own right uh, and that you know creates its own challenge for guys like me who have been doing this for far too long now let's say for instance i am a film critic and have been for close to two decades mm-hmm. but then everybody's a film critic uh, i could be a commentator and i've been writing uh, you know, a weekly uh, column, an op-ed piece for decades. But then technically everyone is a blogger and therefore a commentator. So I think the big challenge has always been and will continue to be is to uh, is to make sure that there is more depth in your content and that there's greater perspective on your opinion for it to matter more than practically every single handle there is on Twitter or every single, you know, uh, profile there is on Facebook. Uh, And that means to constantly get deeper and deeper in terms of your knowledge base on something, because you're constantly also finding new uh, readers and new viewers, because the world is sort of expanding in in that sense. Uh, So for them to know, they should know from your first go that, hey, man, I think he seems to know what he's talking about. Uh, So you can't, you can't relax. You can't have a bad day you know you you your your, your basics uh, should be pretty sound for them to come back to you and you'll find so so that's really been the challenge in terms of really being on the ball absolutely
0: and that's very well put so it's about relevance like you said knowing your audience and as the audience has grown they've also become very opinionated i would i would think in terms of what works what doesn't and you being able to connect with them not just based on opinions, but having some kind of reasoning, logic, and, and thought process behind it. And like you said, just kind of having your own uh, you know, thought process and not kind of just jumping around because the opportunity presents itself.
1: Absolutely. And I think the key is also engagement. The key is also being entertaining uh, just because you have something to say. But if you can't hold someone's attention, there's no point in saying it at all. And that's a craft that one constantly works on without getting, uh, you know, too frazzled by it, uh, you know, without, you know, you know, descending to the lowest common denominator because you think that will appeal to a lot of people. I think uh, also, uh, Nitin, uh, what is the challenge is is also the opportunity, isn't it? So if you go back to a time when, you know, we wrote in newspapers and people consumed it and maybe once in a while wrote to you, uh, you know, directly on email or maybe wrote to the letter to the editor. Now there's uh, one constant feedback. And secondly, uh, you know, I could be writing something that then thereafter reaches who is someone otherwise uh, a consumer of New York Times. Who is who? Otherwise, watches only CNN or BBC. They're there, and I think you know that that audience exists. They can find you. So, uh, so while uh, there is that one element, which is that everyone's a producer, uh, but in that sense, everyone is also the consumer, which was not the case before.
0: So true. And you actually read my mind. That was going to be my next question. You know what? What is that big opportunity? You're right. It's it's a two-way street uh, for the most part. and, and it's kind of a, a, a yin and yang, right, between the challenge and the opportunity. Uh, as, you, as you kind of look back at, uh, you know, where you stand today, kind of looking behind, is there a, you know, a lesson learned where you had to kind of pivot and it kind of set the course or even a success story that, you know, you kind of took the bull by the horns and, and you're really proud of uh, what you were able to achieve is there one or you know example for both of those uh, that uh, you want to share
1: well i think the my answer to your second question would be the you know would actually follow from my answer to your first mm-hmm. and i'm pretty sure anyone who's hit their 40 uh, has been through what i did at some point about a decade or so ago is a sense of entitlement that comes with having done a certain amount of work <laughs> and that you feel that, you know what, you know what, this is around the time that I used to be uh, the National Cultural Editor with Hindustan Times, which is the number two newspaper, or still is, and it was at that time too. And, you know, once I was, you know, moving on from there, I thought, you know, I'd, I'd put in an X amount of years, I'd put it, I'd, I'd been quite, you know, you know, sort of, for lack of a better way of putting it, you know, made a name for myself in what I did for a living, and I thought people would just, you know, things will just happen, you know. Uh, you know, I just need to move out, and it's that sense of entitlement, and and that happens. You should happen to everyone at some point, and you know, it's not a lesson that you can learn from someone else's experience. It has to happen to you for you to know. I think, I think that just taught me that you should be able to start from scratch at any moment, and that's really how dynamic media as an industry is. And I'm pretty sure all other industries are equally dynamic. Uh, and you know, you can't, you can't. know you can't rest on your laurels you can't you know give out your you know great achievements of the past because they really don't mean anything at any point in time when you're looking ahead uh so yeah i can't genuinely look back and say you know what i'm so proud of these xyz things that i did uh maybe maybe at that moment i was but there's genuinely no need uh, to look back because because there is other things to do and you i mean that the moment you start looking back is when some element of being complacent being complacent really does set in whether we like it or not
0: i absolutely love that answer and uh you, know, you couldn't have said it better it reminded me of a, a one-liner that uh, i was i was putting together a ship doesn't sail based on yesterday's winds right so that that's it's very apt uh, example of that so thanks for sharing that i want to switch gears and talk about some uh, one-line life lessons uh, that you can share with us so get get to you know, a little uh, more of how you think, yeah.
1: Yeah, just basically be Paulo Coelho for your show right now. Uh, you know, you'll be you'll be surprised, or I don't know whether anybody will be surprised. But while I don't follow sport too much, and I was hardly into sport while growing up, it's bizarre the number of things I've picked up from sports people and mm. their interviews that seem to really hit hard because I also believe that sports is like the greatest metaphor for life that you can yes. come across because at any point in time, a sports person, one, you can't say greatness in sport, mm. but, you know, it has to be what it is. And at any point in time, you know, the severe ups and downs that you face, uh, you just do it again and again and again. I think they turn out to be, I believe, uh, you know, pop psycho, you know, psychologists or pop philosophers. Of their own kind, and one of the things that I came across when I was much younger and figuring out whether I can have a career at all in media because it didn't pay, and it still is not a high-paying profession for people who are just moving into this, uh, you know, who are just starting out. And because I was getting a little restless with about say six months of non-paid internship with no idea whether I'll stick around or not, I came across this quote by Alan Border, the great cricketer, uh, where he was asked, I think it was Sports Star magazine, he was asked, "How much do you make?" And Alan Bordes said, I don't know. I said, what do you mean you don't know? And he said, I take care of the runs. The runs take care of everything else. And that almost defined me at that age in my early 20s. Because you know what? If I'm going to constantly be good at this, eventually I think, you know, I'll sail through. I shouldn't worry about uh, money. Of course, you know, I'm saying this uh, with a lot of privilege attached. You know, I mean, I didn't have a huge rent to pay. And, you know, my parents were, you know, well off and all those things so of course we're going to use make use of whatever privilege that we can but you know at that age in your early 20s if there is no future ahead of you and all your friends are going to mckinsey and they're getting jobs at accenture and you're like you know the struggling writer slash journalist with no idea whether you can even be that it really did help me uh, uh, you know at least survive that that moment the other one again from a sports person is, you know, this one again, I you know vaguely remember reading from an interview of hers uh in some magazine where, you know, this is Martina Navratilova, this great yeah. tennis player. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, I think they were they were discussing form and they're discussing form in in, in tennis. And she this, you know, she said this amazing thing. And of course I'm not quoting verbatim, I'm just quoting from memory. She said it's not about how good you are at your best, uh, but how good you are when you're at your worst. That's yes. what matters. Yes. You know, and and isn't that an amazing thing to live by? And this is so good, even as a as a leadership mantra, because especially when you're leading a team, uh, it's you know you could you could you could put together a great great team, and they're going to have their worst and their and their great days, but you know that your shittiest day, how how well you performed really defines you, because you know that's your threshold. You're not going to go below that. Uh, and I think uh, to up your shittiest day might be better than trying to be you know to beat your best because that's going to be a little more consistent. Uh, so I stick by it, uh, to the best, like, even if I'm having a bad day at work in terms of, you know, a writer's block, there's nothing coming mm. and I'm spending longer than usual. I look like this. Okay. So this is the worst shit I've written, but is it, is it, is it worthy of print? And if it is, then I, then I send, you know, then I press send, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and to keep that going, I think, I think it's something that I've sort of followed the other one again, uh, uh, Nitin, this is uh, from a sports person. Uh, a, a, a filmmaker friend of mine, Sudhir Mishra, uh, mm-hmm. says this quite often. He quotes Gary Lineker, and Gary Lineker said, uh, again, again, this is, this is something that Sudhir said. I've not read it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, is uh, that you? You know it. You know you have to be at the right place, uh, at the right time, mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the ball comes to you. Yes. You know, and that's a line, by you know, Gary Lineker, of course, being a footballer. So yes. there is a metaphor uh, of life from your positioning beautiful. in football, but you just have to be at the right place at the right time all the time. Sometimes the ball comes to you. I thought that's fabulous. It's so that's, you know, yes. you know. so I that's been very inspiring. Uh, of course, in terms of the basic specifics of work, uh, uh, just to get it out there, uh, uh, I go with this line often, uh, you know, attributed to Voltaire that perfect is the enemy of good yes you know uh, and I, I and it's a very popular quote and i know a lot of people use it but i think it's you know especially for someone like me who you know really procrastinates way too much and <laughs> continues to and constantly thinks whether this is good enough or not or you know can i just have three more days so i can prepare a little more uh no man i think you'll do just as well if you had three days more if you had three hours uh because perfect is the enemy of good it's important to be out there and put it out uh, and then I, of course move on to doing other things too uh, I, and this 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 is something uh that i mean it's a new one i'm trying to follow this one uh, you know when i get a call from from someone who wants to meet me right that day for a podcast mm-hmm. and i'm like okay can we do it tomorrow i said no no i have like an hour right you know like after three hours i'm like forget it you know i will just do it just and it turns out to be a great episode so so, you know, uh, yeah, I think Nike got it right. Just do it. You
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, especially in, in your profession, I would imagine, you know, that, that need for, yeah, let me tweak this. Let me change this. Maybe change this word. It's, it can get a little intimidating. There
1: is, yeah, there is absolutely no end to it. And <laughs> one of the things that I've enjoyed about writing as a journalist, uh, that's the only writing that I've done, uh, and also it becomes a disadvantage sometimes, is that I can only write to deadline. So I know, and that's my only inspiration. So I know it has to be sent now. You know what I mean? Like, this is it. This is all you can do. And there's no further because there is space in a newspaper that needs to be filled. And it doesn't go right now. You know, your masterpiece doesn't count for much. (laughs) It's useless. So, so yeah. So in that sense, I mean, journalists tend to follow uh, perfect as the enemy of good anyway. We don't have a choice. Uh, You know, there is a deadline.
0: Am I sensing a... An undergrad student who worked the night before for the exam tomorrow.
1: Oh yeah, you're so good at this, Nitin. <laughs> you should be a psychologist. That's exactly and the only way I've managed to study at all. Because you keep procrastinating and you keep pushing it to the next day. All <laughs> procrastinations are like that, you know. But but then the beauty of it is that because there is this, there is like a sword dangling over you, yes. you tend to do better because, you know, you're as alert as it could possibly be.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm not a psychologist. The only reason I can relate to that is you're looking at another one here.
1: Perfect. Perfect. It takes one to know one.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mike. this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for making time in your busy schedule for being with us. We would love to continue this conversation and bring you back on with some more stories from your journey. Thank you so much.